welcome to this week's episode of The Homeschool How-To. I'm Cheryl, and I invite you to join me on my quest to find out why are people homeschooling? How do you do it? How does it differ from region to region? And should I homeschool my kids? Stick with me as I interview homeschooling families across the country to unfold the answers to each of these questions week by week. Welcome. With us today, we have Jamie from North Carolina. Welcome, Jamie. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So, Jamie, your story was really cool because you not only homeschool your children, but your niece and nephew. So why don't you start by um, telling me the ages of your kids and your niece and nephew and how you got into um, doing that? Okay. Um, My children are um, eight and soon to be nine, actually. His birthday's in September and 11 and a half. And my nephew is uh, just turned 12, and my niece is 14, soon to be 15. So, so that's actually like ages where, I mean, it's not like you can just kind of let them do the learning on their own. Like, you're super involved, right? Yes. <laughs> yes, oh. very involved. Originally, I had really felt strongly about homeschooling, but I was really nervous about it, doing it myself. You know, you have that whole, you know, you're not good enough, you aren't capable of it mentality. Mm -hmm. And so I initially put my son um, on the waiting list to try to get into one of our charter schools. And I was like, well, if he gets in, well then, you know, it's meant to be, and I don't need to homeschool. And the week before school started, he did get in my oldest son. And so he started kindergarten at the charter school and it was a really good school, honestly. And I really enjoyed it, especially initially, but as time went, it started like pulling at me more and more. And, you know, my other son is getting older and he's getting to that age. And just, there were things that I just didn't really care for anymore, but I think I was still too nervous to kind of pull the trigger and homeschool. And it wasn't until COVID that really got me to just bring them home, all of them home actually. So we're in a unique situation on our property in that it's family all here. There's about 10 acres. And I have my home with my husband and my two kids. And then my father retired from Connecticut and moved here with my younger brother. And he is in a house on the property. My sister and her husband and uh, their their daughter, who's older, she's uh, about to be 21, actually, also live here. And her son lives in Alaska, but he comes a lot too. And then my other sister, another one of my sisters, and their two children, my niece and my nephew, the one that I homeschool, live at the other end of the property. So when they first moved onto the property, we didn't actually have the home at the end. It's a very long story. but um, And they were homeschooled by my sister at the time. So they were living in a camper on the property, and my son was going to school. He was in kindergarten. And they were not really able to do like a any kind of real homeschooling, mostly because they lived out of the camper and everything was so up in the air for them. And um, they would come with me to pick my son up from school sometimes and kind of decided they wanted to go to school, too. They wanted to go to that school. The kids did. Yep. And my sister always said, well, if they choose, you know, to want to go, then then that's okay. They can go. And she did more of like an unschooling um, type situation, I would say. Mm -hmm. But it was hard. She didn't they didn't really get a ton of like learning opportunities. I think it was really she was really nervous about it too and didn't really know quite the right way to go about it. And at that age, you know, you can kind of let them 
learn to read and, you know, do all those things at their own pace. And that's okay if you're going to continue to homeschool. But now they wanted to go to school. Right. And we're both still struggling with reading. My niece was at the time she would have been in third grade and my nephew would have been in kindergarten. And so he wouldn't really have had to know how to read yet. But um, I actually started with them. I started teaching them how to read to help prepare them to go to school. And I was like, huh, I can do this. <laughs> Look at that. You know, it worked. I really did. Teach let, me, let me mess up your kids first. And if I do, okay, <laughs> maybe yeah. I'll decide to do it. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. I, and I was a preschool teacher for, and, and uh, I made the, I was like a curriculum coordinator in, in oh, wow. Florida. Cause you know, we had moved to North Carolina from Florida and originally from Connecticut though. And I knew how to make curriculum. I taught, you know, pre-kindergarten and we were, we had the government program there where you had to follow very strict uh, guidelines because it's the voluntary pre-kindergarten program. And so I had children who would leave my class reading, you know, and Mm -hmm. doing basic math. And so the ones who are ready, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, so I know how to do these things. You know, I just, for whatever reason, you get that imposter syndrome and, you know, just think you're not capable. And so my niece and my nephew did end up going to school there. And once COVID hit, they, once they finally allowed the children to go back to school, because they didn't allow it for a long time, you had to wear masks. And Mm -hmm. I do not feel comfortable with children wearing masks. I just don't. Yeah. You know, adults can make their own choice and that's fine. But children, I just was so uncomfortable with it for so many reasons. And and prior to um, COVID, actually, I had just went back to work. My youngest son was going to go to preschool and... I decided that, you know, if he's going to go to school, I don't really need to stay home. I'm staying home for them, you know. So Mm -hmm. I decided I would go back to teaching preschool. And when they were ready to go back, they wanted us as teachers to wear the mask also. And there's just no way I'm going to teach children that age wearing a mask. There's just no way, you know. And and to each their own, I I don't want to say anything negative about the school. Um, Well, and it was, it was a church school so it kind of surprised me a little bit if I'm being honest but there's just no way at that age they need to see your face they need to see your mouth you're forming words so that they can form them correctly and to know facial expressions like oh what I'm doing might not be right because she's giving me a look right now you know (laughs) they Mm -hmm. have to put it all together yeah that social emotional part is huge you know huge at that age and like learning how to pronounce words and mm-hmm. the sounds that letters make, you have to see your mouth. You just have to, you know, and then to have children that age wear it too. Like, you know how much bacteria is probably on? There's no way it's clean. You know, there's no, no way that's good for them to be breathing no. that in. I just, I just couldn't do it. I personally couldn't do it. And I refused to send my children to school wearing it. And my sister felt the same way. So we continued to, they gave you the option. You can still do remote. And we continued to do that. Um, and we finished the school year. And then it, they went into the next school year. And the learning just wasn't the same. It wasn't, it didn't feel like any kind of quality education whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And then I started hearing things that I didn't like, particularly from my niece, who at this point was seventh grade, maybe. I think she was starting seventh grade there. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Sixth grade. It was sixth grade. And uh, one of our classes, they were talking about, you know, getting your information and news, basically. And 
the teacher had said for them to use the news media as a good source because, you know, they might be a little bit biased, but they're really not biased is, is the gist of what she was saying. And I was like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> what is happening right now? And, you know, the news, the mainstream news is not news. It's like a, no. opinion, depending on what channel you're watching. I felt like yeah. I thought everybody knew that, you know? <laughs> so i don't know i just it, that really that really threw me for a loop and then it got to the point where they wanted everyone to come back to school now and we had two months left of school i think they wanted everyone to come back to school again you still had to wear masks and if you chose not to they were going to give you a whole new teacher someone that you didn't have all year and they were changing your times of going to school. Some of them were going in the afternoon, some in the morning. And, you know, I had the four of them with me at my house oftentimes doing school all here. And I was like, I, I can't have a crazy schedule of all different times. And now they're getting brand new teachers that they have to relearn and they have two months left of school. Yeah. So I was like, that's it. I'm all done. You know, I'm just going to just going to open my home school and that's that we're going to we're going to bring them home and my sister was on board with it too and she used to stay home herself but she had to go back to work there's no way that she could do it and i was all about it i was happy to do it how did the kids adjust from um your niece and nephew originally being homeschooled to um going into the school did they like that scenario um and then covid hitting where they had to then do this kind of like we're learning from a teacher, but we're at home still to then going back to homeschooling. I mean, it's nice because you kind of got to see different options. Yeah. How did they do? My niece really loves school. She's a social, social little thing. That's just how she always was. She was social even when she was homeschooled, though. She always had friends. She was always, Mm -hmm. you know, doing things. So socialization wasn't really an issue for her. But she loved that friend aspect of school. It It wasn't school that she liked. You know, it was seeing her friends. And the worst part was that she was struggling with certain areas, you know, because she didn't have that that foundation specifically in math. And she just wasn't getting caught up. So when it came to math, she was really struggling. It was really miserable for her. She was having to go back. And she's in, at this point, she's in sixth grade. And she was having to go back with, I believe, third graders. to do math and they weren't offering any after school anything they weren't sending anything home extra for her to do you know they wanted her to memorize like multiplication facts and I was like well that's going to be useless to her because she doesn't understand why she's doing it and what it all means Mm -hmm. so the benefit of her coming back home was like tremendous for her being able to really focus on those areas that she was struggling Mm -hmm. and catching up And she really did enjoy that. But there was always a part of her that kind of wanted to go back to school because of her friends. Mm -hmm. But she handled it really well. I mean, they all handle it really well. And my nephew was struggling a little bit in reading. And he did have a separate little class that he would go to. But it was during, he's doing it on the computer. And it was during another class, you know, that he should be in that he's missing to go do this, you know, this little group of reading a book through the computer and it just he wasn't really making progress Mm -hmm. and you know they were talking about possible delays and you know maybe he needs um you know an iep or you know things like that 
And I know these kids. I'm with them all the time. I'm like, no, he doesn't. He just needs a little bit of one-on-one attention and for someone to like really explain it to him. Yeah. So homeschooling with them in particular was really amazing and exciting for them to see how they progress because my niece went from being at a third grade math level to being at a sixth grade math level. Wow. Just from being home. And my nephew um, went from being, I want to say he was, I I hate, I hate the whole like on level where you belong thing, but it's just a, a good way to kind of guide. But he was, you know, testing behind in like a kindergarten level and he was in second grade, a late kindergarten level, early first grade level, which kindergarten, I didn't have to read in kindergarten when I was a kid. Yeah, me neither. So. Definitely not. It was, I went to a half day kindergarten. Me too. Yeah. Me yeah. too. So I don't know. It's, all of that is a lot for me. But if a child's ready for it, I'm, I'm all for it. If they're interested, they want to do it and they're ready for it, fine. Yeah. But he made such like improvements and he was really proud of himself you know because we'd be doing like family board games or you know things we'd go on vacation and we'd play games or he'd have to read cards and yep. he'd be struggling through it and his sister sometimes shows no mercy and she's just like oh you know <laughs> eye rolling at him and it's it was hard for him so that was amazing for them and my son was he's my older son adjusted just fine. You know, he just kind of went from one thing to the next and had no problem doing it. But my youngest son started his first year ever of school online. So he yeah. never actually stepped foot in the school. So for him, he didn't know any different. And he's he's right. the baby. And so he's a little bit more of a mama's boy anyway. So for him, well, he was imagine all about the... These poor kids that are in kindergarten or first grade and they're expected to do remote learning at a computer. I mean, we don't want them in front of screens anyway. And here you are, we're saying, sit in front of the screen for six hours. I mean, oh Lord, I don't think I ever really thought about that at that age level, what COVID did. Um, That's just awful. Uh, A couple of things to piggyback on what you were saying, how... um, you know, they were learning at home and then were kind of behind the grade level and had to go back into school. And I was, I said that recently on a podcast of mine because I love the whole unschooling approach. I really do. But I do think it, for me, it could be a little bit more work as someone who isn't like just super creative that would think like, oh, let's take that and run with it. You know, like I'm also like, okay, but the dishes have to be done. So, and then by the time the dishes are done, (laughs) I'll forget that that ever happened. So, um, for me, I did start my son, who uh, is kindergarten age, on um, the All About Reading for Reading combined with a Haggerty Phonics um, booklet okay. and also uh, the Good and the Beautiful for Math. But as I'm doing this stuff with him, you know, I'm seeing like, all right, he doesn't really want to do especially the Haggerty stuff because it is it's yeah. the phonics. So it is. Okay, I'm going to say a rhyming word. Can you repeat it? I'm going to change, you know, let's add some words to make a compound word. And it's not like he has to do much. We can do it in a chair or I'll tell yeah. him have Play-Doh in his hands and walk around. But it's just like to have to sit there for 10 minutes, which he'll drag <laughs> out to a half hour with mom yeah. just talking. But and, and I was like, you know, I don't want to make it so that it's not fun for him. But God forbid something ever happens to me or and, and, he, and you know, my husband, it has to send him into a school because I'm not yep. around or whatever. Or God forbid something happens to my husband and I have to be the one going to work 
and they have to go into school. I don't yeah. want to then be like, oh, now we're backpedaling, trying to relearn it where I didn't teach. I didn't give you a solid foundation in the beginning because I didn't want you to hate reading. But now you're at a level where you have to know you're in a setting where all your peers know and you don't, then you're really going to hate it. So yeah. it is, I get why parents are on this push pull of should I homeschool? Should I not? Because it's easier to say, throw your hands up. All right, you do it. Government, you know what's best. Yeah. If my kid ends up less than, it's not all my fault because I put them into the mainstream system. Mm-hmm. And we really have to just take control and be like, you know what? We're not going to mess them up because we love them. And you know, what? how much damage could you do? Like, unless they're yeah. locked in a basement for the 12 years, you <laughs> yeah. know? Yeah. Don't lock your kid yeah. in the basement and you're okay. <laughs> yeah, I think, so it, it definitely, it definitely, for me, I'm always a little bit on edge about what if they had to go to school, you know, specifically because my niece the whole time would talk about, well, next year I'm going to go back to school, you know? And there are things that I would have liked to do differently if, she really had gone back to school the way of teaching because I'm pretty sure I'm going to have the three boys with me the whole way through. Maybe at high school, maybe they'll, they'll decide to go, you know, actually into high school and, and they can if they want to, but I have a feeling that they're likely going to be with me the whole way. So I would have definitely done things a little more loosely with them. And I, I still kind of do, even with trying to get my niece prepare. So that's what I felt like I'm doing the whole time is trying to prepare her to go back to school. And this past year, I was like, all right, listen, Aubrey, we're going to do it my way. And if you don't hit all of these milestones that are needed for you to go into high school, I'm sorry, but you know, we've done it this many years with your what if, and then you don't end up going back. So, you know, you're just going to roll with me. And and for me, it, it took me realizing it doesn't really matter if they're memorizing facts to these things that they're never going to need. They're never going to use. Mm-hmm. I need to make sure they know how to learn. Yeah. If they know how, if well, they have to read for sure, because if you can read, you can learn, you know, that's the mm-hmm. most important thing. And, uh, and, and them thinking critically, like I don't want them to just hear something and even from me and just take, take it at, you know, for what for whoever saying it as a trusted source whatever i want them to think critically to ask questions to to look deeper into stuff and i think it's a little bit harder as i get older my niece is on social media now you know she's going to be 15 and her interest in learning really dropped you know once she got herself a phone and then was eventually wow. allowed on social media so that part is hard for sure but it was like a lot of the stuff that I had worked hard on teaching her to think critically and to not care what others are saying and and believing and, you know, kind of to go her own way will inevitably take a little bit of a backseat, you know, to that social aspect. And I remember one day she said something about, she was talking about school shootings and, about how easy it is to get guns and how they should at least have background checks. And I thought, well, this is a good opportunity for me to ask her questions, you know, like, well, what do you mean by background checks? You know, are you aware of what, what, like what it takes? Do you know the actual process? Just kind of asking questions. And she just began to cry. And she said, it feels like you're telling me my opinion is wrong. And I thought, oh, no, oh, no. 
you know, now she's, my goal was for them to not, not care if their opinion is wrong or not. Their opinion. I, I, I put that in quotes because. Right. She doesn't have an opinion because she doesn't have all the facts. Right. So that's, so that's where I started. I had to, we just took a break from it and I was like, you know what? Let's, let's move on to something else. And we'll, we'll talk about this later when you're calmer and, and I'll try to use something to relate it back so you can understand what I'm saying. And we had to go back to the, remember how I explained to you that an opinion can only be an opinion if you have facts from all directions. You know, I said, Mm -hmm. can you tell me that, you know, fried seahorse is the most disgusting food in the world if you have never eaten fried seahorse and to her that was so obvious well no of course or all the food in the world either right right (laughs) so and then it was like okay so the light bulb went off a little bit there and i was like so when i'm asking you questions i'm just i'm wanting you to think like Mm. do i really believe this you know is is it really true and do i really believe this and if i do why you know i said anything that makes you feel emotional some kind of way I said you should probably explore that and go look further and make sure that your 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 opinion isn't just based solely on your emotions about it especially when it comes to you know for me when it comes to children I have to always check myself because I can get very emotional when it comes to any kind of harm on children and I have to right. I have to go do some research and make sure and, that I'm, and what a time right now that that is so prevalent in when we have well just as you were talking about one, the gun thing, but also with, you know, the transgender movement and what's really happening. Mm -hmm. I mean, what we see on the media is that, is that really what's going on or is it not? And when they talk about different laws that go through, I mean, a a good one is um, in Florida last year when Ron DeSantis Mm -hmm. put through a bill that you can't talk to kids under third grade about sexual anything. You just can't bring it up. Yeah. And, and but the media said, and oh, why there's a would don't you? say gay bill. <laughs> and then the whole yeah. um, country is saying, oh, you can't talk about being gay in Florida. And that's not what the bill said right. at all. And none of these people, including right. the media spokespeople, never read the bill or they were right. told to say what they said. And they did that for a paycheck. Right. You know, but when you get down to it, it it's. Everything is like that right now. And with social media Mm -hmm. out there, it's crazy. And then one side getting censored. Um, It is just such an intense time to be going through school and forming, quote unquote, opinions. Yeah. And lots of people just threw everything they know to the wayside and reacted off of emotions. COVID was the was definitely a bigger eye opener, I think, for a lot of people. And for me, I had already been down that path a little bit. But it still was, it still threw me off quite a bit because I thought there's some really intelligent people that also people that I love and I thought loved me that, that now think I'm not worthy of shopping at a grocery store if I choose not to get this vaccine. You know, girl, like, ha- I just put what? a post up on Facebook that's uh, yesterday. So at the time this recording comes out, it'll be weeks ago. But that said, I wrote, being smart is regurgitating information that has been given to you. Being intelligent is taking that information and thinking, does this make sense? Right. And I'm with you. I went to school with some of the smartest people that followed along. We must wear masks. Our kids must wear masks. Oh, really? Because OSHA says that a mask, an N95, only keeps out 95% of the stuff. And that's only if it's fitted properly. 
by an OSHA, you know, worker. And now you're telling <laughs> yeah. us that all of the germs are going to be covered with just a surgical mask that's reused over and right. over and over and over. And we can touch our face and that's okay. Yep. But, you know, and that's the masking is only the small part, yeah. but it's like, Right. And then when you try to have the conversation and say, well, why don't you see my side? The people don't want to hear it. And then right. we're looked at as, yeah, being unworthy to be in stores. And, right. and the same thing with the vaccine. It's it's like, okay, well, so how much research have you done on the other side? You know, that's the part that really like I, I never really said anything exactly about how I felt. I never really pushed anything. I simply asked questions like even when we were talking about shutting down instinctively, I thought, well, what about, what about people who are addicts? You know, what about people who, older people who, you know, need to go to the doctors and the hospital? What about children in unstable households or um, in abusive situations? You know, like we mm-hmm. keep saying, stay home, save lives, stay home, save lives. Well, what about the lives it doesn't save? You know, it's, it's, it exactly. goes back to like the seatbelt thing. Seatbelts save lives. You're right, they do, except for when they don't, right? Nothing is 100%. So yeah. you, you have to at least take a step back and consider that there are situations that maybe you don't have any, you maybe just aren't clearly seeing or just can't fathom. And you have to think about those people too. And it just seemed like, are we just trading lives? That was a simple question I asked. And some people lost their mind, like just repeating vaccines save lives and, and people are dying and you may not believe it. And it's not a hoax, you know, things like that. And I'm like, I never said it was a hoax. I never said any of that. I'm asking you, is it worth trading lives? You know, like, what about these other people? What's the cost to these children? Yeah. Why can you say that vaccines save lives? But when doctors speak out saying, I'm saving people with hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, mm-hmm. um, different uh, budesonide, mm-hmm. we can shut them down, though. You know what I mean? So it's like, just like you said, you're trading lives. And yeah, and that's how we have to, that's my mindset now with going into homeschooling is, okay, you have to think critically about what you're being told because it seems like today everything has a price tag. And behind it is like Pfizer or, you know, Bayer or one of those big companies and they own everything. Monsanto. Mm -hmm. Yep. And a lot of that goes into my, you know, one of the reasons why homeschooling does feel so important to me. It's just that I, it's not that I want them to believe everything I believe. And I don't even tell them everything I believe, you know, mm-hmm. and that's different from my values. Of course, I want, you know, they know my values and that is something I want them following, you know, for the most part, which is be kind to people, you know, love right. everything. The values are not that complicated. And, but I also want them to be able to stand on their own two feet and say, well, well, I'm not going to just take you at your word and I'm going to look more. I want them to be curious because I'm curious. And unfortunately, my curiosity has caused people to, you know, think that I'm, you know, some crazy conspiracy theorist, right wing person, you know, and politics was never even something I was part of or, or even yeah. really understood. I didn't I still don't really fit anywhere, you know, honestly, yeah. but just simply being curious and asking questions, you know, and, and reading, reading myself, like the people who were telling me that, that I wasn't worthy of, you know, grocery shopping and feeding my family if I chose not to get the vaccine because I'm spreading disease. I'm like, it, did you read the study? Did anybody who's, you know, yelling at this at me, did you read the study? Because I did. I read it. Mm-hmm. And not anywhere in there did it say anything about transmission. And You're you right. don't. 
you don't have to be a scientist to understand the majority of it. Yeah, there's some stuff that's going to go over my head and I have to refer to somebody else for those things. But I know that that nowhere in there did it say it stopped transmission and that its efficacy was based solely on symptomatic expression. Yes, and which they never That's even what COVID-19 did a, is. They never did a placebo study on it anyway. <laughs> so right, it was exactly. Like, and, and, and I don't people, even and they didn't and they s- didn't give COVID tests in the um, trial either, which is weird because right. we've given it to millions of people since then. Um, you know, at my job, yeah. we would have to get them every week. So it was like, <laughs> but you couldn't afford them for the trial. <laughs> <laughs> and we've learned a lot more now with that with the raw data coming out. And I, it doesn't even, none of that even matters because if someone chooses not to believe it, they're not going to believe it. But right. my, for me, I just. I just want my kids to know that to ask questions, to be curious. And even if people come back, even people who love you or you thought loved you, people who you love, even if they come back at you in a combative way or in a way where they're not willing to be part of your life, that's okay. Because, you know, you have to know that you have to have your integrity. You have to know that you're you're not just blindly going along with things, that you're looking into things yourself and you're forming your own opinion and you can stand on your own two feet. And it's yeah, obviously and, not so easy with the eight-year-old. But. <laughs> right. But there are ways. And, um, you know, this goes kind of goes hand in hand with my episode with Chris from 6-7 Podcast. Um, I think it's like episode 12, where he talked about, you know, I asked him what the most important thing to teach his daughter uh, as they homeschool is. And he had said discernment. She needs to know discernment, mm-hmm. how to decide yeah. if something is factual or not and look to see are there reasons that they would be lying to me. And I liked what you said about the the gun issue with your niece because just asking her questions, I mean, right there, that got her emotional. So that, mm-hmm. you know, obviously it's a passionate issue. But And when you question, when people feel questioned on their opinion and they realize maybe I've been wrong. Maybe I've been lied to and Mm -hmm. I'm the same. I mean, I was, I voted for Obama and Hillary Clinton. So (laughs) (laughs) turning it around and being like, wow, I got it wrong. And then, and I talk about this and then I was on the Trump train. And then when that turned around on me and I was kind of like, I've been lied to like, like at this point, kind of like, like you, I would imagine I'm on that either, libertarian or just there it's all corrupt there they Mm -hmm. these people have have so much money and so much power they would never let anyone get into a position that they cannot control them with you know well if somebody did get that high up they're gonna say well listen i've got your dirty laundry over here from that time yeah (laughs) and or or we're gonna hurt a family member so you know, everybody yeah. can be controlled at some layer. So I guess learning all that, it was really hard for me. And you go through a, a bit of a depression and a mourning yeah. period over it. And then you got to say, well, what can I do about that? What can we change? And, right. you know, so it that's what we have to kind of in little ways do. And I really like how you said you asked her questions. Well, why do you think that? Do you know what the process is to get a gun? And, you know, and, and even it, once you know that, well, it varies state by state and, you know, probably county to county. So I know, yeah, yeah up in New York, it's county to county. So, um, yeah. like, spending time even learning. And then, okay, well, 
how how would we learn what counties have what rules about and what states have what rules about it how did these laws get passed and then you're kind of getting into a whole Mm -hmm. area of homeschool where you're teaching her how to think well how to question I should say that you're teaching her how to question by and then you're teaching her where to find different resources for it I mean a law book is a good resource it's the law or it's not yes you have to interpret it a a research study that's a good resource. This is what right. happened in the study. Now, well, I say that, and then, you know, you got to make yeah. sure they didn't cut the study off before all the rats further. died on day five, yeah. and they cut the study <laughs> off at day three. Yeah. <laughs> and you need to know it is hard that research. You know, it, mm-hmm. it does go, and I think, I, and I think you're right when you said it's how to think. I think that how to think is okay to say it's not what to think, you know? Right. So you find out really quick when you get into something like that that she doesn't actually feel passionate about the whole gun issue at all she's just seeing it on you know tiktok or something and yeah she's seeing it a lot and she has friends who are talking about it and so she just kind of regurgitated that because it feels like the thing to say you know and then when it's well hey if that's an area you're interested in, let's go further because that's the kind of schooling i like to do if you get really into something well let's go further let's I, it's okay if we're not following the exact guidelines it's okay if we're not yeah teaching, you know, these four areas of science, if you get really hooked on one area, well, let's go, let's do that. Let's explore that. So, you know, okay, let's explore that. And then it's like, actually, I don't really care. (laughs) I don't really want to explore that. I'm like, okay, well then you gotta, you have to know that you can't get that emotional about your opinion. If you don't act, if it's one, it's not an opinion. And two, you don't actually care that much about it, you know? So you have to be a little more thoughtful with your words. Here's what I can tell you probably happened. And it's not even just because of her age, because it can happen to anyone at any age. The social media will tug at your heartstrings. She probably saw Mm -hmm. a TikTok or something where somebody said, I lost my child to this gun, you know? And okay, opinion is formed. We need background checks. And it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, there are different levels of background checks. And what are your criteria for... You know, a total clean slate. Is a speeding ticket okay? Is time in jail okay? Is, you know, an uh, an ex-girlfriend claiming that you hit her before? Is that, you know? So, like, where, okay, a background check. But but what does that mean? You know? So, (laughs) because there are background checks. And if it's mental, yeah. And if mental illness is is the area where you're drawing the line, well, who decides if you have a mental illness? And then what? The government is the one who gets involved and decides if you have a mental illness. And what's a mental illness now may not be what they consider a mental illness later, you know? I said, what happens if if they decide that if you didn't vaccinate your child, you should lose your child, you know? You have a mental illness because you're not vaccinated, right? Mm -hmm. And so now your child should be taken away. And and then... What's to stop them from a different person is in leadership of the country and says, well, now if you're gay, you have a mental illness. So now you can't do X, Y, Z. You know what I mean? If we're going to base it on a government, the government is run by corporations. We're really in Mm -hmm. a technocracy. Government is run by corporations that have money. And then just like we saw in, um, like, for instance, Dope Sick. The top person at, you know, the CDC or FDA, they just, when they retire, they just go work for the company that they yep. got all the, the laws passed. Door. Yeah. Right. They say, hey, you know, Pfizer will say, can you pass my drug? Get it through these clearances. And next year, when you're ready to retire, we have a $1 million a year salary job waiting for you. 
Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, that happens all the time. I don't think people mm-hmm. really think about that because why would they tell you? Right. Just like the interview I had with uh, Connor Boyack, the author of the Tuttle Twins. Why would we expect a government school to teach you that government can be dangerous? Right. 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 And that's what I always I, I try to explain, too. You know, it got a little bit easier with Trump because, you know, just this massive amount of people so anti-Trump with and then there's plenty of reasons to hate all of these politicians, but the reasons that I was seeing were not even true. You know, it was things he said yeah. that he didn't actually say, you know, right. things like that. And and with that, it was really easy to use him as an example. Well, what if Trump had this power? You know, because it's really easy to say this should be a law, you know, when it's someone you like. I don't even think half the people really like a person in power. They just are on right. a team, you know. Not and if they read the 96 what crime if, bill. They wouldn't like them. Right. <laughs> but nobody wants right. to do that. <laughs> when they just kept pushing the racism thing for Trump, I was so confused. And I thought, he was just in rap music all the time. Like, you know, I, when did he suddenly become racist? I missed this. You know, if he is, he is, you know. But right. then I look back at Biden and I thought, how come no one is calling this man racist? Like, he said right. some crazy racist oh things before. Yeah. Why does he get a pass? Like, it was so confusing to me. And then it, I just realized... It's a team. You're just on a team, you know? And we're not on it. <laughs> we're not like on Like George it. Carlin said, there is a big yes. club and we ain't in it. <laughs> we're not in it. Yeah. So we have to decide how can we combat this club. And I think homeschooling mm-hmm. is the step in the right direction. If we can do it in a way that isn't just replicating right. school at home, but teaching right. our kids to question, okay, well, why do you have that opinion? And well, let's go right. see the other side. Let's play devil. Let's you. I mean, you have the four kids there. I know they're all different ages, but you could have a mock um, debate. I mean, how yeah. fun would that be? Where yeah. like, okay, you tell them for your homework, you guys are pro gun rights, and for your right. homework, you two are anti gun rights. You know, so right. gun ban. So and have them kind of do the research. I mean, yeah. that, that stuff. Is, I don't even. I'm, I'm sure my high school had it, but I don't, I don't remember. It was, definitely wasn't pushed where I think it should be pushed yeah. all every year to to something that's a level that they like. Like maybe for my son, I'd say, OK, why? I don't know. Monster trucks should be allowed. Yeah. And why they should yeah. be banned. Yeah, um, that's how you start. You start something small like that, something they're interested in. Like, you know, it should be pizza day every Friday. You know, why should it? Why shouldn't it? You know, there something you like go. that. Oh, that's brilliant. Yes. Yeah. And that's how we can get our kids to really care about finding discernment in in everything right. they're presented. And I was just right. listening to something right before this. Um, I was listening to a podcast right before we started recording. And he said, if it's on the media, it's because they want you to know it. Right. Like there's literally going to be nothing on that you hear on the news that they don't want you to know, right? right? They want you to right. have some sort of opinion on it. Mm-hmm. They want you to be passionate about it. They want you to know. This is not like they just like slip this through the cracks and yeah. someone, you know, found out about it and are telling you. And it's usually meant to be divisive. Most of the time, yeah. whatever the topic is, it's or meant fear. to be divisive. Or right. fear. Or fear, like fear, balloons. Definitely fear. Yeah. Chinese <laughs> yeah. balloons. Where are they now? Yeah. Where are the balloons now? Why is this not a... Yeah. I, I mean... <laughs> It happened once yeah. or twice. We're not worried about it anymore. Like, what was the purpose of even saying that or the truth right. behind it? It's so random. We can't, I mean, you can't fly anything in any airspace without people knowing about it, which is yeah. kind of the, you can get into the 9-11 stuff, which was, right. you know, the, but it is, um, it's a hard world. And I, I find myself just wanting to bring everything back to like, 
All right. Do we have to figure out how to sew clothes now? We can just live yeah. on our... It sounds like yes. you are on a compound. You can have yeah. a little We have compound. chickens. We do. We have chickens and we have a, a yeah. big garden and... All the family. And, uh, as long as you aren't inbreeding, it's perfect because, right, you know, right. can, let's grow our own yeah. food. Let's learn what we need to learn. Let's trade and barter with neighbors. And yeah. I, I mean, I feel like that is the valuable stuff that our kids need to know in addition to discernment how to get back to living without needing the government to put food on our grocery store shelves or water into yeah. our, you know, pumped into yeah. the house. And that's that's really actually where, for me, it started the, the most of the homeschool stuff wasn't necessarily all about, um, you know, you know, those are the stuff we just talked about. That was always there, but it was really a push more for like that self-reliance and, you know, being able to care for yourself and learning these basic skills that we need that they don't teach you in school, you know? No. And that, that was the biggest thing I would say for me that I wanted them to focus on learning real valuable skills that they could use in life and survive if needed. And, and when I say that to people that are pro, you know, the public school system, they say to me, well, parents should be teaching that at home. And when my response is <laughs> when you yeah. have us at work from 7 a.m. till, you know, you start at eight. So you're dropping your kid off at 7 a.m. You're getting there for eight. You're leaving at four. You're home at five. You're telling us to put something on the table or go through a McDonald's drive through yeah. to get your kid to soccer practice or wrestling practice or whatever mm -hmm. else so that you can feel like a good parent that has their kid in sports and, you know, meanwhile, everything for them is structured in their day. When do they get to play? When yeah. do they get to really exercise? When do they get mm -hmm. to be bored and think and be creative? I mean, they can yeah. be bored in school, but they don't have the tools right in front of them to go be creative with that boredom. Right. And it's like, so when am I supposed to teach them to whittle? When, when, yeah. when should I yeah. learn it to yeah. teach it to them? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's precisely it. It's they spend so much time in school and just kind of not even real learning. You know, you're just like moving from one thing to the next. If you get really engrossed in something that you're, you know, just loving, you know, the bell rings. That's it. You're done. You know, and it's time to move on to the next thing. And that's not a really a great environment for learning. I understand the need for it. I would never say anything bad about anyone who chooses to do it. But, you know, I think I, I remember um I think I must have been pregnant or my son was my firstborn was really young when um, I read Dumbing Us Down and mm -hmm. by John Taylor Gatto. And I was like, oh, my goodness, there was so much that just kind of opened up my eyes that I had already felt inside. And, you know, there's a reason why I went to work in a preschool instead of going into the public school to work because I didn't want to be in that box of teaching to a test. I wanted to be able to love on children. I wanted to be able to figure out what worked for them if they were struggling emotionally or developmentally or whatever. I, I wanted to be able to really like focus on them and, and figure out what worked for them. And I didn't feel like that was possible, you know, in the regular public school. And I, I knew all of these things, but for some reason I was still... <laughs> choosing to put my son in, you know? And, and again, it's that whole imposter syndrome and, and being afraid, but well, I think deviating was, from the norm is just, hard. yeah, that it is really hard. It is really hard. And then you hear like, you know, homeschool kids are weird or something. And I'm like, Oh no, are they? I don't want the weird kids. You know, I don't want to do that. To I, them. I hear you, but show me a public school kid that isn't weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just, 
you know, in, in the socialization thing, like they were told in school that school wasn't for socializing, you know? So exactly. why do I need to put my child in school for socialization? You know, I can do stuff with them. I, first of all, they're here with each other. We, we have a massive amount of people on the property. We have other family who moved, you know, eight minutes in one direction from us, eight minutes in the other direction. We're constantly doing stuff. You know, we have, we have a big support group here. And then they can join rec league sports and we go to the park every Thursday for like homeschool meetup and they get plenty of socialization. So I don't think that's a great excuse you know, not anymore. For why you need yeah. to. No, it's just not. Right. Not with and transportation. maybe once upon a time was. Yeah. And social media, um, Facebook groups and meetups and that right. sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, and, and my niece right now, she's choosing, so she's going into high school and she's choosing in order for her to be able to participate in sports in the school, if she, she's leaning towards possibly playing volleyball, um, but she's, she started a bit late. So she's a little nervous about that, but for her to participate in, in dances and, you know, school events, she only has to go to school for two classes. Oh, So nice. she's joining the high school. She's going to take two classes at the high school. And then she, when she gets done from, you know, the high school and the way they do it here in North Carolina, I don't know. I know when I was growing up, we had, you know, seven periods of school. The way they do it here is you have four periods. And so you have there, I think they're like an hour and a half long and you finish with, what you would do in one year, you do in one semester. So hmm. she'll go to school for from like, uh, I think it's 8 o'clock to 11.09 or 8.30 to 11.09. I can't remember exactly. Um, she'll come home and then she'll do the other classes and schooling at home with me. So she gets to still have that high school experience. She gets to be involved in sports and activities and, you know, meet people and, still gets to come home and focus on that homeschool education that we feel is so important. Yeah, that's really cool. We do not have that in New York. <laughs> I didn't that, think you would. <laughs> no, no. In fact, when I kind of started this journey, I thought that people only homeschooled if they didn't want to give their kid all the vaccines on the schedule. I, right. I was like, well, what other reason would there be? And then yeah. <laughs> now yeah. we're at episode whatever, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, why would anybody send their kid to public school? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does take you down that path. It really does. Wow, yeah. And here here in North Carolina, we do have, um, we have the medical exemption and we have the religious exemption. So if you don't want to do some of the vaccines or you don't want to do any of the vaccines, we have that, and they, it's really easy. It's not a super complicated process. Yeah, that's and great. In Mississippi, they just um, put their religious exemption back in they That's didn't great. have you you yeah so there were five states that did not have any exemption so you either you get them all or you you're not allowed in yeah um but mississippi is is now allowing the exemption back in so that was a big win for um like aaron siri is the lawyer that was behind that and the ICANN network so that was really cool maybe new york one day would so that we could do sort yeah. of a hybrid thing but i think that's why they don't allow the hybrid in New York is because the vaccine yeah. thing. I, I would imagine. Yeah. I don't know. Or there's funding. Yeah, that makes my, sense. I guess yeah. it just depends. I, I know there's a, there's a really good website. It's the um, HS Homeschool Law Defense. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That one is really, really good. Um, HSLDA. DA. yes. Yes. And that'll give you all of your your laws and requirements in your okay. area. It's such a useful website. to. Go I'll to. link that into the show's description as well for anybody that um, wants to check that out. 
Because you don't so, know where to start sometimes. You exactly. just have no idea where to start. Exactly. And knowing the laws and requirements is really a, one of the most important first steps. And a lot of times you look at that and you're like, hey, that's, I can do that. Like here we have to have attendance. Um, we have to have their vaccination or exemption on record. And we have to do testing, like a state testing, um, every year. And now that's just, for homeschooling? That's for homeschool. So it doesn't matter what the, the test says. You know, none of that matters. No, you but just, even the um, vaccination or you still need an exemption? Yeah, even for homeschool. So on record, you have to have, in case you were ever, in case I ever asked you for it. Um, now, in my case, probably because I homeschool my niece and nephew, the law here allows you to, to, to have your own family and one other family. And so I'm assuming that the reason why I would need something like that is if I have another family. I don't know why I would need to have it on file my own children. Um, yeah, but- well, it's funny that you say that because somebody had said that on um, an Instagram comment to me, and I, I was like, well, they must be mistaken. But that, like, because the reason in New York that you would homeschool, um, like, I'm sorry, well, I worded that incorrectly, but if you're ch- if you don't want your child to have either any or whatever one of the vaccines on the CDC schedule, you can't send them into school, so you right. have to homeschool. Right. So that means that you but we don't have an exemption. So there's nothing to exempt because we're not allowed to. Um, That's probably why you don't have to have it on file there, because because you don't there is no exemptions that exist. But here, you can still send your child to public school with the exemptions. Interesting. Okay. I've never I've never heard of anyone ever. What would they do to you if you didn't have an exemption and you homeschooled your kids? They would say. Show me your exemption. Okay, show it to me tomorrow. You know, I don't know what they would. It's so you really have to simple. go to the doctor, or you go to a priest and say we're religious and we don't no. want this. No, it's literally you can literally have a piece of paper that has the law written on it here, and you just have your kids' information. It's one little piece of paper. You just oh, sign wow. your name. It's nothing. It's maybe there is something in New York that we do. Maybe there is one. It's just that the schools won't allow it. But right. maybe my son, since he's in kindergarten, we don't have to report yet. So maybe there, it's the same thing like that here. Yeah. I just haven't gotten that far. Yeah, here you don't have to, um, you don't have to turn anything in. You just have to keep it okay. on file for yourself at home. So the only thing you have, right. to, the only thing you have to turn in is your um, testing. So who you mm-hmm. tested with. It's, you don't even have to sh- like you're not sharing your results or anything with them. You just have to have on file when you tested and what 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 uh, testing you used. That's it. And where do you get those tests? You can do them online. I um, th- there's a company. list of yeah, there's a list of ones depending on what state you live in that are that um, qualify, and you can do it online. You can have the test sent to you and administer it yourself at home, which is what I like to do. Um, the last thing I want to do is stick them on a computer to take a test. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, and that's what we do. And it doesn't. I, I always tell them ahead of time, you know, because. My niece, Aubrey, she did the end, the EOGs, the end of, of grade testing, and it was very stressful for her. Mm-hmm. And the other kids never had to do that because we were home for third grade, and that's the grade that they start doing it in here. And so she has crazy test anxiety, and, you know, I had to go for weeks just telling her, telling all of them. My, my nephew is, has really bad testing anxiety, too, even though he never really tested 
And I just had to go over it again and again with them. I don't care what you get on this test. I don't care if you get every single one wrong. I do not care. Like I'm with you every day. I see where you're progressing. I don't care if you don't know any of these facts, you know, don't, I don't want you to worry about that. And the first year, uh, they struggled a little bit. And by the last set of testing that we were doing, they were like, okay, it doesn't matter. You know, smiling, happy, got through it. And this year, like immediately they went in just like easygoing, not stressed out at all. Like, all right, it's testing time. Proud of themselves for finishing all of the questions and the allotted time, you know, because they just, they didn't have any stress about it. And you don't get to do that in the public school. Oh, no, not at all. (laughs) Yeah, that's a whole other beast, the testing, (laughs) the reasons behind it. And and it is funny because even with the kindergarten curriculums, I'll notice little things in there like, okay, color the frogs green. And you're telling the kid to do that. And he's like, well, what if I want to color them blue? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it says green, but I guess they're just grooming you to be a test taker and follow directions right. like, color them what you want i don't know and <laughs> like you and, know now my mind goes there like what right. why are you making him color those green and is it important it's for what's the purpose it's right the purpose is to have him follow direction right okay well that's important if he goes to drive a car or you know ride his four-wheeler like is a little bit more relevant to now. Right. You do have to follow direction to know that we stop at a stop sign. You you know, you stop at a red light and you drive on the right side of the road and what the passing laws are. So I guess I do get that. But there's a why for that. There's a there's a why and mm. it makes sense. But okay. when you're just yeah. well, like, why do I, do you know that there's frogs that aren't green? Like, why can't I, to me, it would be more like what, what bothers me a lot about the testing. And I think that's why as a kid, I had a lot of testing anxiety is that when they would ask a question, to me, the answer wasn't so obvious. We'll take the frog, for example. Say, what color is a frog? And, you know, they have green and they have, you know, random choices on there. But I know that there's a a poison dart arrow frog, you know, that's a different color. And I see that option on there, but that's not what they want me to say. You know, the correct answer is that it's green. They want me to say green because that's the thing, you know, that they want everyone to know. Frogs are green. Associate that. Or you know, a picture of an iron and what word do you associate with it? Well, in the picture, I see the iron's not plugged in. So why am I going to pick the word hot? Because it's not hot. It's not (laughs) plugged in. Right. And, and I think that they're, they don't want people who think that way. Yeah. And those, those are state exam questions. Like, you know, I've been in government work for years. I've taken many civil service tests and that is there's a joke. There's the right answer, the wrong answer, and the state's answer. And right. you have to know that that's what they're looking for, right. at, especially as it gets more complex. And that's a training. Yeah. You know, they're literally training yes. you to not not think about, not go deeper and think, well, that iron is not hot. And the answer's not hot because that iron is not plugged in. If they showed it plugged in the wall, it would be hot. And they don't want you to think mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that for my children or my niece yeah. and nephew. I just don't. Yeah, I want them I to ask you. questions. And I don't want it for myself either. (laughs) So that's why I'm trying to break from the matrix. And like, well, Jamie, is there anything else that you kind of like thought about in your head that you wanted to make sure that we talked about today as we run up on the hour? Um, I don't think so. Things that'll keep you up at night saying, oh, I forgot to say that. Um, Probably, but they won't hit me until tonight. (laughs) Right. They'll hit me tonight. You can always send a follow up. (laughs) Um, I'd love to talk to you again and see how the kids are doing and what actually goes on with with your niece if she goes into the school or decides maybe she goes in and was like, uh, 
This might yeah. be a waste of time. I want to come back home. Right. Oh, I did tell her that. I said, you can come home anytime you decide you want to come home. You know, I'm here That's for it. Awesome. It's, That's so. so cool. Thank you for what you're doing and um, for being here today. This was a delightful conversation. It really got me thinking. I made some connections there. So thank, thank you, you so much. Me. All right. Awesome. Have a good time. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of The Homeschool How-To. If you've enjoyed what you heard and you'd like to contribute to the show, please consider leaving a small tip using the link in my show's description. Or if you'd rather, please use the link in the description to share this podcast with a friend or on your favorite homeschool group Facebook page. Any effort to help us keep the podcast going is greatly appreciated. Thank you for tuning in and for your love of the next generation.